You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am really, really good. We are one wide receiver richer as we record this show. Yeah, we are, and we talked about him in the last podcast, but we didn't know he was going to just go ahead and commit via the transfer portal. We're, of course, talking about Jermaine Burton, and I wanted to talk about him in the next segment or the last segment. I'm not sure uh, which one yet, but, I I mean – First of all, I got to thank everybody for making this first podcast you listen to. Thank you guys so much. Want to thank Sonos for being the uh, sponsor. S O N O S dot com is where you want to go to check out Sonos. Also, want to thank just everybody with Locked On. Look, you know, having some time with this COVID stuff. I'm back at the office today, but having some time with this COVID stuff, I listened to some other podcasts. Uh, everybody with the Locked On Network does such an amazing job. We're happy to be a part of it, and even when one of my sound bites gets passed around Auburn's interwebs and Twitterverse, and they essentially call me every name in the book, uh, even though I may have been right. I mean, there are a lot of newfound uh, Auburn basketball knowledgeable folks. There's got to be a better way to say that. I'm still in a COVID brain fog. Y'all bear with me. But um, yeah, it's uh, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to make fun of each other. Right. So, I mean, I'm down with it. And um, anyway, you know, Zach Blackerby over at Locked On Auburn, a buddy of ours. Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC, buddy of ours. They all do amazing jobs. And um, the Locked On Vols podcast has always kicked ass. It's Locked On Michigan does a really good job. So, man, it, we're really proud to be a part of this network. And thank you guys for help making that possible. The network is growing by leaps and bounds. We get like these reports and um, on Monday and really just appreciate all you guys. So just wanted to say that now. I got to talk about, though, Jimmy, the NFL playoffs from this past weekend. And, you know, some people have used that as a, see, this is how good the college football playoffs could be. And number one, let's not let's not go down that path just yet. But number two, um, these playoffs were awesome. Now, this weekend's were. The weekend before kind of sucked. But this weekend, four games – Three of them decided on the last-second field goal. One of them decided on a touchdown in overtime. I mean, that's amazing. And the road team won three out of four. Also amazing. Also not ideal, by the way. I don't like. I didn't like that. I would have liked some of these home teams to win. But um, regardless, the action was crazy. the The Sunday games were especially bananas because the. I mean, how many times did we think Tom Brady was out of it, and then we thought, oh, Tom Brady's got this now. And then Matthew Stafford comes out of nowhere and continues Georgia's kick-ass 2022 so far uh, by leading the team down the field to get a field goal. And then the game between the Bills and the Chiefs was two heavyweights. I mean, Josh Allen stepped into the role of elite quarterback yesterday, in my opinion. And one thing that I was worried about, um, after Brady lost and everybody was like, look, this could be – the end of Tom Brady and the end of Aaron Rodgers this year. They both could retire. And I was like, man, that sucks because those are two elite quarterbacks that are still elite. And I don't want the league to be without them. 
Well, then Josh Allen does what he did, and I'm like, okay, maybe we won't miss him that much. I mean, we, yeah, Tom Brady's the GOAT, and Aaron Rodgers is is up there too. But if Josh Allen can do this, and if one other quarterback or two other quarterbacks from around the league, you know, whether it be Herbert, whether it be Tua, whether it be Mack, whether it be any of these other quarterbacks, whether it be um, Joe Burrow, if any of them can take that next step, the NFL's not going to miss a beat. And, and the action yesterday was just incredible. Yeah, I really feel like, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll try to get in the way back machine and figure out if this is just wrong. But in my mind, the Bills Chiefs divisional series playoff game last night was the best football game I've ever seen in my whole life. I mean, in terms of, in terms of what was at stake. Yes, in, in terms of what was yeah. at stake, in terms of the excitement of it, in terms of the history of it. And, I mean, it was just the best football game I've, I think I've ever seen. Now I'm going to remove all games I'm emotionally attached to, which is, of course, Alabama football. I mean, heck, I, I could sit here and argue that, you know, Alabama beating UT Chattanooga 62 to nothing is, is more exciting to me to me than any other game there could possibly be. Uh, and, and I mean that just because, I mean, obviously there's an emotional attachment there. But in, in terms of just watching football being played, that that was the best game I believe I've ever seen. I, I can't think of anything else. The only game that that came to mind when I'm like, gosh, what game was better than this? I, I think the the 05 national championship BCS game in the Rose Bowl between Texas and and uh, USC uh, might have been the the best I've ever seen uh, in, in terms of college or the best football game ever. But no, nah, I, I I think it I think it's this Bills Chiefs game. No, I'm with you, and I think what makes it the best is the elite quarterback play. If Look, you can have a great football game without elite quarterback play. That can happen. I don't think you can have the best ever football game without exactly. elite quarterback play on both sides. That was part of the, it was, it was um, part of the mix. Is, part of the mix to me was this is Mahomes and Josh Allen are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers 15 years from now, assuming good health. Yeah. They, they're goats. They're they're on the short list of the best to ever do it. And this was both of them at their best. Mahomes and Josh Allen cannot play any better than, than they played. That was the best in the world playing their best and refusing to lose. That, that was awesome. And that Gabriel Davis, that wide receiver that came out of nowhere, he's the only receiver in the history of the league to have – four touchdowns receiving in one playoff game. I mean, that's crazy in its own right. I mean, it seems like there would be somebody else that's done that, but they haven't. And it's this guy named Gabriel Davis who's, frankly, I, I don't think anybody in our league had him on his fantasy team. So uh, um, star, I, just, uh, I just think three star, Three-star in-state prospect that signed with the uh, in-state for Central Florida. Three-star, signed with Central Florida, fourth-round pick. And here he is. Wow. Here he is just kicking ass. And, man, I, you know, and that you're right. That's what makes goats goats because Josh Allen scored with, what, 15 seconds left and on a laser. I mean, God, it was beautiful. I mean, his, his, his touch was awesome. That 65-yard that pass that he had in the air in, the, in those conditions. Um, in those conditions, It's yep. tough to throw the ball – it's tough to throw the ball that far when grown men are chasing after you anyway. 
but it's tough to throw it in those conditions when grown men chasing after you in a playoff game on the road. I mean, and on a dime. I mean, it, it was beautiful. Um, and then, of course, Mahomes was doing his thing, too. I mean, and then Tyreek Hill. Oh, my God. I mean, putting him back there at punt return, it had a lot of the same feeling of 05 USC Texas. Really, it had a lot of that same feeling to it because you had great special teams play. Um, you had great – you really had some great defense in there. Mixed in, it gets lost in the shuffle because the quarterbacks were so good. But I think we can all say, hey, it's not that the defense wasn't playing the, the ball correctly in the passing game. It was that the, the quarterbacks were so good, it didn't matter what the defense did. And, um, man, it was just a ton of fun. Um, so I want to take a break. I want to stop right there. We may keep talking about this a little bit on a, on a bit of a slower week. Um, but I do have want to tie this into like a college football playoff scenario, but I do want to tell everybody about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. Man, you could have spent all weekend on betonline.ag and just, you know, had yourself a ball because there were great games left and right, football, uh, basketball, just so much to bet on, so much to be involved with. You can bet on reality TV if you're into that at betonline.ag. Go there, ASAP, use promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus. If you put in 100 bucks, you get to play with 150. That's nothing to sneeze at, even though you might have COVID like me. Um, still, nothing to sneeze at. Go get you an extra 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is. Use promo code locked on when you go to betonline.ag, bet on whatever you want to there. Then there's Get Upside. Look, this app is so much fun. Use promo code SCORE, S C O R E, when you download this app get upside and then use that promo code score. So when you fill up for the first time and you use the score app to log in and check in, you will get an extra 25 cents per gallon. So it's pretty cool. Look again, you're not going to get rich using this app. I'm not trying to say that, but you are going to make some money. So if you have a uh, gas station that you use a lot and it's on the get upside plan, um, all you have to do is when you go there, just check in. Just click your app, and then you'll hit check in at this location. You check in, and you'll say, okay, you're making three cents a gallon. You're making five cents a gallon. You're making 10 cents a gallon, whatever it is. And so if you get 10 gallons, well, you get a little bit of extra money. Again, you're not going to get rich, but you're going to make some extra just money back that's essentially free. You don't have to pay for anything other than the gas you were already paying for. So it's just free stuff that we're giving you here at Locked On Bama. Go to Get Upside, check them out, use promo code SCORE, Get Upside, anywhere you get your apps. Yeah, going back to the playoff thing, you know, one of my friends said, hey, that's what, you know, expanded playoffs could do for college football. And I was thinking, you know, it's not. Um, Here's the deal. That in the NFL, it is designed. The, the, the whole goal of the NFL is, okay, we're trying to make this as equitable as we can for everybody. Like everybody is pretty much starts out with the same chance in theory. But number one, we know that's not true because people want to go play for Dallas more than they want to go play for Jacksonville, right? I mean, that's true. Um, but secondly, the, uh, it, it's not going to be that way in college. Because um, in, in college, Alabama cares a lot more. And Texas uh, uh, Texas is probably a bad example. Georgia cares a lot more. Ohio State cares a lot more than, say, Purdue, than, say, Mississippi State. And they have the resources. 
Okay. And also the way the game is structured in the NFL. Did you notice this weekend, like all the games come down to a field goal in the NFL, just about, it seems like that always happens. All the games come down to a field goal, all of them, especially in the playoffs. Cause everybody's pretty evenly matched for the most part. Um, and now we get to the point where everybody's got really good quarterback play. And so it all comes down to a field goal. Uh, and the way that the games are structured in terms of the time, the every, you know, you always have this two-minute warning. Have you ever noticed like an NFL game is supposed to be what? They start at 12, and then the second game starts about 3.15. So the game is supposed to be over within three hours to three hours and ten minutes, every single one of them. And it's rare that they aren't in that window. Because they control right. everything. College football is different. You've got a multitude of styles. You've got um, some teams that only run wishbone, you know, still. You've got some teams that uh, pass it all over the field, and but their quarterback's only 5'11 and will never play in the pros. You, you, you've got uh, all these different styles, all these different ways to do it. The NFL, everybody runs some kind of form of, of a pro system. Yeah. They'll have some RPOs mixed in there because, and they'll try and do a little something to catch you off guard. But by the way, those teams that runs RPOs, uh, they're not in the finals, right? I mean, Cincinnati's a pro style. Uh, Kansas city's pretty much a pro style. They've got some, some offshoots in there. Uh, who else? The Rams are definitely a pro style and San Francisco, I would say is pretty much a pro style. I mean, it's, that's the way it's going to be with the NFL, but college is just a, a completely different animal. And so I don't think that expanding the playoffs means we're going to get a lot of looks like this in college. Uh, just, just my thoughts on it. Yeah. I, I don't even really get the connection. I, I've read the same thing and I've read, I've read the same analogy. I've read the same pitch that see, this is why we need to expand the playoffs. I, I don't even understand that because frankly, if the NFL's, postseason was determined to like the college's postseason the Bills and the Chiefs would have been picked as the championship game this was the BCS championship game this weekend I mean it's just the way the NFL playoffs and the seedings go but if you had a committee of experts that were like picking okay who, okay we've seen the whole season who's the best team the answer may have been the Chiefs and who's the second best team probably the Bills so I mean it would, you wouldn't have to expand it at all those are the two best teams that's why that's why it was such a good game and frankly I don't want to disappoint people and and who the who the hell knows if I if I knew exactly how games would turn out I'd make a billion dollars on betonline.ag but the fact is to to me uh I don't think these championship games in the Super Bowl will be nearly as exciting because I think the Chiefs are going to basically beat the Bengals by more than two scores and then beat whoever wins the NFC by more than two scores I think the Chiefs are that much better than everybody except the Bills and maybe the Packers, who uh, who weirdly played a bad game here at the end. But, uh, no, I don't see how expanding the playoffs accounts for the fact that those were the two best quarterbacks, the two best teams, and they played the greatest game in the NFL season, one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, expanding the college playoffs is only going to produce more first-round blowouts and, and what were, in retrospect, uninteresting games. Because this year – if there was a playoff, uh, we probably would have seen first-round games like Georgia versus uh, Michigan State and uh, Alabama versus Utah, and, uh, and and maybe those games wouldn't have been forty to forty to ten, but uh, I, I think we all know beforehand who would have won the games, 
and they wouldn't have been exciting like the uh, like the Bills and the Chiefs game, not even close. Yeah, and that's another thing about the the pros. Um, you know, if you get a ten to nothing lead in the NFL, it feels like teams start taking the air out of the ball. They're like, let's just get out of here with nobody hurt. And you know, in college, I think if you get up, ten, if Alabama gets up ten nothing, they're like, okay, we gotta we gotta win this thirty one to nothing so that we can keep our stranglehold on the number one position. You know, there's still rankings involved, and um, I, I think part of that makes it kind of fun. And the NFL, you know, uh, they they pretty much view a seventeen point win as the same as a three point win. It's just a win is a win, and a loss is a loss. There's no, uh, you know, people don't care that you beat. Jacksonville by three on a last second field goal. Did you get the win? Okay, that's that's a win, and that goes in your W column, and that's it. And I think there's there's good and bad to both ways to look at that. Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Jermaine Burton. All right, buddy. So Jermaine Burton does commit to Alabama um, Sunday night. What do you think he has to the table here? Do you think Alabama's done in the transfer portal? Well, uh, Burton is a huge pickup. Um, I'm not sure it's quite what Jameer Gibbs and Eli Ricks will mean, but it's close. It's close. Uh, you can certainly lump them all together, I believe, uh, as, I, as I say this. We'll see what happens this spring, but I believe Burton will be Alabama's go-to receiver. I think he'll lead the wide receiver core in receptions and yards next season. I see him not just replacing – Jamison Williams, but also John Mechie. I mean, in terms of he's the guy we're going to go to on third down but uh, to, to, to move the sticks. But at the same time, I think he's our best vertical threat. Uh, and in that way, we'll replace Jamison Williams as well. I, I think he's a, a really good all-SEC type wide receiver uh, prospect. And, uh, and it's a heck of an addition. I think it helps, it helps transform Alabama's offense in, into a machine. In, in terms of you know, what's, what's going to happen with the portal. I think now I would draw a line. I was very confident that there would be a, a third portal guy, mostly because I felt like they would, they would find a receiver eventually. It might be now, might be in the spring, might be May, but they were going to take a receiver. I, I felt very confident that was the case. Now I'm less confident. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't rule out Alabama getting someone in the portal. Two, two, two possible things. One, just a transformational player, a guy in the portal who's just really, really elite. I could see Alabama going after him regardless of position. Uh, secondly, if there's a need-based look in the portal, I'm sure Alabama's going to scour the portal for an offensive lineman, always on the lookout for an offensive lineman. That's the position of need on the team. But offensive linemen in the portal are a rare bird in terms of a really good one. And I'm not convinced there will ever be uh, in this cycle a kid in the portal that Alabama likes enough to take uh, along the offensive line. So I'm no longer convinced after the addition of Burton that there will be other portal uh, portal grabs for Alabama. I'll I'll just put it literally right at 50-50. Uh, it, it, it's definitely a real possibility, but I'm not I'm not convinced it will happen now. Yeah, but I, hmm, I wonder if there's going to be another key receiver in the portal whose name I will not say because he's done everything he can to try and say, look, I'm staying at uh, rhymes with Bell SU. Um, and, uh, you know, 
I, I wonder if he'll go in the transfer portal now. And if he would, would he go to Bama? I'd be, boy, that would be weird if we were to get this guy and Jermaine Burton in the transfer portal having a lot of uh, highly recruited receivers on campus, wouldn't it? I'll go right back to the 50-50 thing as it relates to a receiver like Keyshawn Boutte or even another LSU receiver, Brian Thomas, who, who had a great freshman season who almost signed with Alabama. Guys like them, guys who almost signed with Alabama and look to be star receivers. I think it's 50-50. I also think based on roster numbers and the guys you've recruited, I also think it's fair for Alabama to say, hey, let's look what we got this spring. Let, let's see this spring. Where is Ja'Cory Brooks? Where's JoJo Earl? Where's Treshawn Holden and Ajay Hall? What about these incoming freshmen? Let's take a look at them before we feel like we've got to go portal shopping. So, uh, again, I'm 50-50 on all of it. Um, I am not willing to wager a significant money that Boutte ends up at Alabama based on uh, my own thoughts, based on inside scoop, based on all I know. Uh, I'm just leaving it that, that that's something that's possible. If, if if you believe that you're in your heart that you know this is happening, that that's just not true. I, I don't think Alabama knows, so I don't know how you could. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe fifty fifty on all of it uh, for another receiver, another portal guy. Yes, very possible. Uh, certain? Oh heck, heck no, heck no. Got to remember Alabama's over the eighty five right now. As a matter of fact, they're they're over pretty good at the moment. So. There, there, there needs to be more subtractions, too. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow. We'll be talking a little bit about how Alabama performed against Georgia in the uh, basketball game. Surely to goodness we beat the hell out of these guys. So, I mean, Georgia has mailed it in, and they, we really need to take advantage of that because we've got a run coming up with Baylor, Auburn, and Kentucky that is unmatched, quite frankly. I wonder if there's any other team in the country. Right now, I think it's – the the poll hadn't come out as of our recording this, but I'm willing to bet it's going to be Auburn one, Gonzaga two, Baylor three. I don't think there's another team that plays with the one, two, and three team in the country this year, right? Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's, that's just bananas. nuts. Alabama's not working on just guys. We're gonna have. I mean, we're already number one strength of schedule, and I hadn't even factored those games in yet. Alabama might be working on uh, one of the strongest schedules in college basketball history. That's crazy. Yeah. But true. It's bananas. Hey, we'll take it. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.